candidate for him. I'm News and Farm Director Jody Heemstra here off camera. I'll be uh, asking the questions and then leading the candidates through some conversations here today. And, uh, you know, we're just going to get started and, and get right into it with some, some opening comments. And, uh, Joan Adam, we will start with you. Great. Thank you, Jody. Thank you for having us today. Um, I'll just share a little bit about myself. Um, I've been a resident of the Pure community for almost 30 years. Um, Pure is where my husband Carl and I have raised our five children, all of whom are graduates of the Pure School District. And um, our family also includes a son-in-law, a daughter-in-law, and one grandson. Um, I'm currently and have been a full-time employee of the state of South Dakota. I work for the South Dakota Department of Health. And um, in my spare time, I, my priorities to spend time with my family. And then also, um, I've been involved in a variety of organizations and fundraising efforts in the Pure community over the past several years. Happy to be here today. All right. Jessica Lewis. Uh, Thanks, Jody. Introduce yourself. So my name is Jessica Lewis. Um, my husband, Sean, and I have three kids, all involved currently in the school district. We have been a resident of Pier for going on 11 years. Um, currently, my, my baby just finished fourth grade, so we have one more year of elementary school, so more, more time spent with the district. But my husband um, has been a part of the school district now for 10 years, and he's going to be leaving teaching, and so we're just happy to be part and still be here to get back to, uh, back to the school board. Um, a little bit about myself, we like to go camping, we like to boat, we enjoy the many views of, of Pier, and we look forward to summertime, being that today's the last day of school. Absolutely. Sandra Duvier, right? Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Um, you know, as a National Honor Roll student, former collegiate athlete, I know what academics, strong academics and athletics can provide to young women and men. Throughout childhood, still today, I've been blessed with influential role models and mentors in my life, and I really want to give back and provide some of the opportunities they provided to me and give that back to our youth. You know, here's a strong community because strong families, strong academics, and strong athletics. And I'm eager to help see all three of those hallmarks not only succeed, but continue on into the future. And I'm in a unique position that I have time to dedicate to a position like this. You know, I, I know it requires a lot of time, and I'm, I have that availability. And we all know that today's students are tomorrow's leaders, and the vitality of peer hinges on our ability to demonstrate why this is such a wonderful community for our young people and show them what it means to build on our past and create a lasting legacy long into the future. And just a little bit about me, you know, I come from a big family, I'm one of six. Um, my dad is an art teacher, and coming from a big family, it was, we didn't have, my parents honestly couldn't send us all through college, so all six of my siblings, or me and all five of my siblings, relied on the opportunities that were in front of us, and that was um, basketball, for all of us, we all got basketball scholarships. So, I understand the importance um, that opportunities like these present to young students, and I want to invest and make sure those opportunities are continuing to be available. All right. And free open. Um, I am a former teacher. I've been in education um, either through informal education, public health education, or K-12, and college education for the last 20 years. Um, I'm currently the education director for the South Dakota Discovery Center. 
Um, and uh, my husband's a teacher in Pierre, and we have two kids who are in the uh, district. One is in the early learning program at Jefferson, and um, my other um, child is going to be a freshman next year. And the other three of our kids are now grown and living their lives. Um, when I'm not working, uh, I'm either volunteering in the community with Kiwanis or PEO or peer players, and I'm also on the board to Little Learners Preschool. And in my free time, I love camping, and uh, you can find me in a kayak on the river if the temperature in the air and the temperature in the water are just right. So um, I'm just really passionate about education and um, just a strong believer in supporting public education, and that's uh, one of the reasons why I'm running for a school board. All right, well to kind of tie in with your opening comments, uh, Jessica, we'll start with you this time. Why do you want to serve on the Peer School Board? Uh, why now, why this year? Um, again, your connection to the school, why is the time right for you? Yeah, yeah so the school, I could say the admin, the teachers, the coaches, um, they've been family to us for 10 years. My husband has dedicated a lot of his time and we build relationships with these people. As I said in my opening comments, my husband's leaving education, um, and I want to be able to still give back to this school district that has given so much to our family. So right now, uh, this year, was a good time to put my name in the hat, so. All right. Sandra, some thoughts from you? Yeah, um, you know, as I say in my opening comments, I believe um, it's important to continue to give back. Uh, like I said, people invested in me, um, and I believe that when people have the opportunity to give back, they should. Uh, there's no time like the present, as far as why now. Um, I want to. I really just want to pass on the knowledge experiences that were shared with me to help peer students, to help peers succeed. And this position aligns with passions, my passions, my strengths, and I think it's an excellent way to serve. You know, and I have great connections with the community. Um, I go to Community Bible. I know some teachers in town. A lot of friends are um, coaches and involved in things, and they all encourage me to run. So, that's why. All right. Bree? Um, well, I ran last year also, and that was my first time to kind of put my name in the hat for any kind of um, uh, elected position. Um, I've thought about serving in a leadership role like this for a long time, but I was in the classroom, and so it wasn't something that I could do. Um, and so um, I even, um, I went to graduate school for my PhD in education because I was, I, as a teacher, I saw how important policy and kind of the, the behind the scenes infrastructure of how schools operate is critical to what goes on in the classroom and student success. Um, and so that is something I want to be able to use my education and experiences to be able to give back to the community and, um, and supporting peer schools. Um, I, I think there's some wonderful things that are happening in this district and some great opportunities ahead for us that um, I'm really excited to be involved in. And Joan. Yes, so I have served on the peer school board for the past four years, and I made the decision to run for another three-year term um, really because I feel we have made some wonderful progress as a school district and, and particularly with school board involvement. And um, yet I believe there's still more great work that we can do. Uh, when I joined the school board and I continue to, to hold as priorities um, around staff, 
pay, not only for teachers, but for all school district staff. Um, also, school safety was an important issue to me, as well as student success. And I'll share a little bit more about those areas later, but I want to I continue the good, good work we've started. Well, um, as you chat with uh, the folks you interact with, your, your friends, your neighbors, uh, colleagues, um, you know, whether they be, you know, uh, around here or in other parts uh, of the state, what are some of the challenges in education, specifically here or education in general, that, that you see and just uh, some, some thoughts on how some of those challenges could be addressed? Sandra, we'll start with you. Yeah. Um, I've had a great opportunity. I've just you know, been out talking to the community, trying to get feedback, trying to answer that question. Um, one thing that keeps coming up is um, parents' concern or a desire for a stronger arts program. You know, there's when you have an excellent athletic program like you do here, um, there's the need to also provide, you know, athletes, there's good opportunities for athletes to move on, get scholarships. Like I said, that was my opportunity. Um, but not, we need to make sure those same opportunities are available to kids in the arts because that won't be the path for them and they need the same chance to pursue their passions past school. Um, so that, that's the one thing that keeps coming up is a um, desire for our, our, our programs and different opportunities that that would offer. All right. Bree, some thoughts from you? Um, well, I think one of the biggest things that's uh, discussed among my circle friends who happen to include a lot of educators is um, is wages and salaries and um, just in turn and just general support for educators um, and concerns about people leaving the profession, um, experiencing burnout, um, it being harder and harder to find people to uh, fill positions. Um, I think some of the other issues that kind of are concerned in terms of as parents are um, specifically parents of teens is um, issues related to mental health and um, it seems that there's um, our teens are struggling more and more with that. I know that I am um, really struggling to support one of my kids who's navigating some of that. Um, and then uh, my other other part of my life is early childhood. Um, obviously, that's something that um, the district is um, involved in in a variety of ways. Um, but there's that is definitely something that is um, of a concern for parents and thinking about um, even just communication and, and knowing what to do when your your child is almost five but not quite five and not eligible to start kindergarten and what do you do with them for that gap year basically which is what it feels like uh, from an academic perspective um, and then I guess the final one too would be the I also feel like the arts is an area that we can um, really support um, and also thinking about um, what do we do for the non-traditional students basically the ones that just don't they don't fit the mold of how we structure school, and they need an alternative option, um, especially middle school and high school, and providing support for them so that they're successful and they graduate. Right. Joan, some thoughts from, from you as far as when you visit with your circle of friends and folks, what are some of the educational concerns that they're talking about? Right, so I think uh, one thing I, I'd be remiss if I didn't point out, the past two years, the priority um, for community members has really been keeping our schools open and while keeping kids safe uh, during the COVID pandemic as we navigated those uncharted waters. And um, it's hindsight is 2020 and looking back, I think um, for there being no playbook 
Um, we did a really good job of listening to community members and um, ensuring that when we opened the doors to the schools in the fall that we um, took a real common sense approach and um, supported both our staff as well as our students in the best way that we could. And um, we're very fortunate that we were able to keep kids in schools. Um, parents had dealt with uh, schools being closed for almost a half of a school year and that was very challenging on many levels. Um, when the schools were closed, it was very important to us that we continue to pay our staff. And so while it was very uncertain whether we would have federal funding sources um, in those very early days, the decision was made that we have to take care of our staff as well. And so I think that theme of really looking out for our staff um, was present from day one. So now as we hope uh, COVID has normalized, um, we still can't take our eye off the ball of, of the importance of keeping the schools equipped with uh, response plans, with the right um, staff, the right measures, the right education uh, to be nimble. And if we need to respond again or react again, that our schools are well prepared. Um, the recent challenges of workforce have been brought to a new level. While we were dealing with workforce issues and teacher pay before the pandemic, it's at an all-time um, level now where, uh, as a board, we continue to really focus on the importance of making this pure school district a good place to work. Um, not only from pay, but in terms of the benefits that are offered to the employees, and um, in, in our efforts to recruit them, retain them by um, creating an environment that they want to work in. And I think some of the keys we hear about in, in creating that environment, um, really school safety. And I look at that in terms of pre-pandemic as well. Um, when I first started with the school board, um, Riggs School building was open to the public. The, the building was not locked down once students entered the building for the day and that um, change was made. And of course, with any change, there's cost, there's growing pains, um, but it was the right thing to do. And so we can um, rest assured that people aren't entering our school buildings unless they've checked in um, with, with the appropriate person and, and stated their reason for being there. Um, and then student success. Uh, there's a lot of effort right now around helping children who may have fallen behind but nationally, we are so fortunate that the Pierce School District stayed open that uh, first full school year uh, at post or in the, still in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, when we look at students from other places in the country who were not in school, the challenges they are experiencing not only with their education, but also their social and mental well-being um, is, is incredible. And, and so we have to also remind ourselves how fortunate we are that we live in Pierre. We live in a community where we can take a safe but common sense approach and do the right thing for our school district. Absolutely. And Jessica, uh, some thoughts from you on what your friends and family are talking about as far as educational challenges. Yeah, yeah, thanks. So a little bit about my family. My youngest is very um, into fine arts. So she's my dancer, she's my singer. And my older two are very competitive. We're, we're into basketball, or not basketball, wrestling and football and soccer. And so we've had the ability to go all over the state, visit a lot of different ESD schools, and not only see their theaters, 
but also see their other facilities as when it comes to athletics. Um, we get so many compliments when, when Peer comes into a different town and saying, oh my god, I love the way you guys travel. I love the way your community is wrapped around the support, and it doesn't matter if it's drama or fine arts or if it's athletics. The community supports the school, and that is amazing. But the facilities is which a big topic that is discussed um, in between my friends and my family is, you know, how can we keep up with other ESD schools? I will be honest, our theater is amazing. We, I, I've been to a handful of ESD school theaters, and by far I think Riggs has one of the best. Um, as for facility-wise, when it comes to our weight room and our, our field, particularly our football field and our track, I think we need to find ways to be creative on the school board to keep up with that. Um, I'm going to tell you a quick little story. Um, just this last weekend, I had a cousin graduate from Webster, South Coast, where I'm from. And my son had the opportunity to go golfing with some family members in, in Britain. And he's like, Mom, they just have an amazing you know, weight room. And I know he's, he comes back and he's like, there's so many of these kids that go outside um, Hero Gym or the YMCA to lift. And he's like, could you imagine if we could just have our whole football team in the weight room at one time? You know, but then on the contrary, you have to look at, you know, we, there's spending there too that we have to make sure that we're keeping a close eye on and, and making sure that we're not going to go in debt because we add that also. Um, the other topic um, that is discussed a lot is staff retention. Um, I, have some ch I have my youngest who has needed some extra help, particularly in math. And to have extra help with tutors um, in the classroom, that's hard. Um, also, you know, in, into the upper grades where my daughter and my son is at the high school, middle school, um, talking about foreign languages or extra classes that they can take above and beyond just your generals. You know, are we able to find teachers? And that's hard, like Joan was saying, keeping them. What can we do to make our teachers feel appreciated that they want to stay? So. All right. Kind of uh, along, the, along the lines of obviously uh, teacher retention, the uh, state legislature this year passed a 6% uh, increase for education, um, healthcare, home, healthcare providers, and state employees. Uh, the Peer school, school Board decided to go with pay raises of 7% for certified staff, 13% for classified, and 6% for the administrators for the coming year. Uh, in your opinion, is that, uh, you know, was that enough of an increase for one year, kind of why or why not? I know that gets into intricacies of budgets and things, but just taking those numbers at, at face value. Uh, Bree, we'll start with you. Um, well, obviously, I mean, it's, it, whether or not it's enough, um, you get into the cost of living and how do you, you know, pay your bills and so on, um, we would hope that teachers and support staff would get paid more. Um, but realistically, that isn't something that is an option for any district. Um, I think what Peer decided to do, especially with support staff, is fantastic. Um, that 13% increase really allowed for those support staff, these are the paraprofessionals, the people that are supporting students with special education, um, providing the tutoring, all those things, to have a competitive wage. Um, because those wages weren't, I mean, you could get more of McDonald's until that increase happened. And so um, I think that is that is absolutely um, essential. And I'm glad that the Peer School District decided to prioritize support staff 
but also supporting teachers at the same time. Um, I think you know gradual increases are a sustainable and prudent way to address these issues financially. Um, and so, and um, you know, a seven percent even for teachers is above what a standard cola increase would be. Um, so I think um, that the decision was a was the right one to make this year. Joan, same question to you about the raises. You were involved in the process of the discussions. Uh, so uh, just uh, some thoughts from you on that. Absolutely. So I would point out that um, staff pay hasn't been just a one-year issue. Um, it has been an important priority for the school board um, for the past four years that I've been involved and, and plan to continue keeping that as a priority. Um, for each of the past four years, uh, we as a school board have exceeded what the state allocation is for increase to state aid to education um, and exceeded what um, state employee pay raises uh, were, were leveled at. Um, and really our reason for that is when we looked at how peer uh, compared to other school districts of similar size throughout the state, uh, we weren't where we needed to be. We were, we were falling behind. And uh, realized, again, four years ago, that um, Pierce School District is recognized as a top school district in the state of South Dakota. And in order to maintain that reputation and to continue to produce students who excel um, in, at other collegiate levels or as community members, involved citizens, we needed to make staff pay a priority. Um, this year in particular, as you mentioned, Jody, the state increase um, was 6%. And again, as we compared all levels of pay from teachers to our classified staff um, to our administrators, uh, we took a very critical look on how can we, of course, stay within our budget but really push the limits in terms of where our um, funding can make the most impact. And so that's why um, the variation in the, the teacher uh, increases. Um, I would point out the increases um, we talk a lot about in terms of teachers, but we also have a separate pay schedule that is used for any of our staff who also um, are responsible for extracurricular activities. And we equally felt that is an important area to continue to increase that pay scale because we all know how important it is for our children to be able to be involved outside of the classroom. And in order to get teachers um, to be willing to dedicate additional time outside of the classroom, we have to make that um, attractive as well. And then as, as Bree mentioned, um, when we looked at our lowest paid uh, classification levels, we uh, staff were making less than $15 an hour. And so with the increase, the 13%, the, the added increase there, um, I believe our lower pay scales now are above $16 an hour. So that was equally an important investment for us. Jessica. Yes, um, I agree. I think the, the current raises that took place are, are phenomenal or great, especially you know, for classified staff. Um, Overall, I think you can't control inflation, you can't control healthcare costs, and I think the school board as itself, just trying to keep up with that or do better, is been amazing, so. 
Retaining the people that we have, you know, most important asset, and I know they did their due diligence to make it a competitive market. Um, you know, that being said, like everyone's kind of already mentioned, all employees are having a hard time with retention. It's a competitive market, and we need to find, be able to find and keep good people. So, from a principal standpoint, I think it's important that we're, we're forward-looking um, in our planning efforts. You know, competitive pay is a component of a healthy culture. You know, and if, if elected. Absolutely, would encourage a regular assessment of how we're taking care of these, our people and making sure that we are retaining good talent. All right. Well, uh, I can tell from listening thus far that uh, you each visit with a variety of folks just in your everyday uh, lives and interactions and have uh, kids involved at various levels of the educational uh, system. Uh, so we'll start uh, with Joan with this one. Um, just name a few things happening in the Pierce School District that you think are having a really positive effect, but maybe not getting the uh, glitz and glamour and, and attention of, of some other places. Yes, so one of the areas um, that I, I think really deserves um, attention is the priority of student success for, for district uh, students. Um, so whether students are needing additional challenges in the classroom um, or whether they need um, additional support because maybe they've fallen behind or have learning challenges, I think um, the, the Pierce School District does a great job of meeting students where they're at and really recognizing the importance of that. So for instance, when you look at the high school level, students have the ability to take AP level classes. We have students that are going off to college with credits already, um, college credits, and, and putting them um, ahead, graduating early in, in many cases from the collegiate level. Um, but Riggs also offers the academy where students are able to um, be involved in credit recovery and a more intensive um, involvement of staff who are committed to ensuring that those students um, can graduate with their high school diploma. Um, I think another uh, commendable area for the Pierce School District is the investment in technology. Uh, of course, COVID pushed some of that, but the realization that the Pierce School District was in a much better place than other school districts um, when we had to uh, retract and go back to, to implement um, at-home learning. Um, Pierre was, was way ahead of, of many other school districts. Um, we've been in a situation where other schools are buying our used laptops because they didn't have um, adequate supplies to meet their student needs. So I think Pierre has always pushed the envelope on technology and we are at a point now where um, if students have to be gone, um, the technology itself really makes no excuse for a student to fall behind. Lesson plans are either taped or they're available online, so the resources there are incredible. I also um, feel strongly that the Pierce School District does a great job really in the life skills training area. So everything from um, the welding programs, the automobile programs, the culinary arts programs at the school district, uh, we have a variety of programs that, again, meet students where they're at. 
and really help them achieve success um, in a variety of platforms and, and equip them uh, with great skills in, in moving on to the future. Right. Thank you, John. Jessica, some thoughts from you about some things you've learned about uh, some really neat, positive things going on with the uh, yeah. district. Yeah, so um, some of the COVID funding that was received through the district was offered to each school to have like intervention funds. And some of those intervention funds have hired teachers that have been able to work one-on-one -on -one with students. Whether that be in a particular subject, like math or science, but also, um, you know, you get to the higher level, it might be kids who might just struggle with school that are necessarily not on an IEP, but yet are having a hard time just in the regular classroom. So I think that particular teacher, those particular teachers have been really good positive for the school district to help those kids to improve our scores and to give confidence to those kids who might lack that in the classroom. I'm hoping that throughout the district we can find a way to, to keep those teachers and keep those positions. Um, the other thing I'm going to piggyback off of what Joan said, at the high school level, I think we do a great job at preparing our kids for ACTs and getting ready for those college courses. Having those college courses and being able to get credits now through the school. Um, also for our shop area, woodwork and, and um, working with automobiles, you know, I think that's been a new position, or excuse me, a new um, class that has been added that's been able to help kids grow along that. Um, most importantly though, I don't know if anybody had recently attended the National Honor Society ceremony, but it just amazes me year after year how big that class is and, and, and how many new inductees are coming in to the National Honor Society. I think that is a huge positive that our teachers have great relationship with kids and our district does a great job at making sure that our teachers are meeting the needs for those kids to be at that high of a level. Sandra, some thoughts from you about some, some really neat, positive things you see going on in the Pierce School District. Yeah, I think that's a great question. It's very important to touch on, um, you know, kind of to point back to my platform of the strong families, strong academics, and athletics. I think those are doing very well here in this community. Um, you know, I just think of, like, interactions I've had, you know, with our church. You see the young, the youth that are coming out of the school, about to graduate, going to college, just impressed with their character, um, the things that they can speak to. Any, I mean, even notice... Um, interactions with young kids from the high school at the Capitol that, you know, I thought they would be in college or young adults, and, and they just carry themselves very well, very, um, just like I said, impressed with the character of the students that I've met, and, you know, the pillars, again, I think those are just so important, um, and I believe I can help advance each one of these into the future, and I just think it's important to keep continuing to strengthen these, but like I said, I, I do see opportunities for like arts, just things like that, ways to enhance it, but um, overall impressed. And Brie, to you, some, some things you've seen that are like, you know, shining stars in the Pierce School District. Um, yeah, so I think one of the, the biggest shining stars that is probably overlooked is the Pierce the peer School District's um, willingness and ability to engage in kind of public-private partnerships to provide opportunities for students. Um, those exam examples are like the after-school program at Georgia Morris, which is uh, a partnership with the Boys and Girls Club and is supported through a 21st century learning program. Um, the Teammates Mentoring Program, um, I've had the opportunity to participate as a mentor, and the fact that these, you know, the goal of students having a mentor all the way from middle school through high school, I think is, is just really fantastic. 
Um, and also um, looking at just um, other opportunities related to college and career readiness. Um, you know, the, the, whether it's the dual credit classes or there's other opportunities in the community where, um, like some of the work I do where students can do research experiences in the summer. Um, every time I approach um, the administrators at buildings about these types type of opportunities, I, um, I, I feel it's a yes culture in terms of seeing those opportunities for students and wanting to then make it happen. Um, and that's been fantastic. There's a, a host of chapter started this year at the high school. Again, like all of the career, college career readiness stuff that's happening in high school, I think, is something that should really be celebrated. Um, and, and thinking about how we support um, all students, whether they're college bound or not. Um, and I think um, that has been something that, that especially the administration and Briggs has really been thinking about how do we how do we make that happen. The other area that I think is often kind of unrecognized is the, the support that happens in terms of special education and particularly early childhood education. And I've experienced that firsthand as a parent of a child who was in birth to three. And then we moved to Pierre and she transitioned into the district. And the, the whole process was, I was just so impressed with the communication that I got regularly with her special ed teacher, um, the services that she's getting, in terms of the, the progress she's made with her speech, with her physical abilities, all of those things have just been phenomenal in the last couple years. Um, they're kind of unsung heroes, I think, in terms of whether they're the junior kindergarten teachers, the early childhood program at Jefferson, or um, the, you know, the, the different um, paraprofessionals, all the people that are supporting those kids because that piece of the puzzle is critical for future academic success, and I think that's something that peers are doing really well at. And then the other is the extracurriculars, the access to sports, um, the arts. I, I'm just blown away. There's a new honor society for music, and now there's a new chapter at the middle school for that. Um, the festivals that have been created, again, that's a public-private partnership where we have people coming in who are experts in those fields, coming in to work with students. Um, it's just been really fun to, to, to see all of these different opportunities that, I, that are then available for, for our students, um, elementary level up. Right. Just real quick, any questions coming from the audience here? Jessica, um, how would you handle controversial curriculum issues, um, uh, race issues, transgender issues, um, banned books, uh, those types of um, well, controversial right. type topics? Right, right. So I think, you know, we've had, I've had family and had friends that have, have dealt with those situations. Um, in one family, they might accept it. In the other family, they might not. Overall, I think as a school and as a, as a district, our focus uh, is on creating good adults. Is, and I think we need to look at that overall, is what is this assignment, this book, whatever that may be, project? You know, how is that gonna help you better to be adulting, as you could say, you know? Um, I think we really need to take a look at that overall, you know, when we get to the point of, you know, doing, going through curriculum, is this going to help our students, or is it going to cause diversity? Okay. Sandra, same question to you, just some of those controversial 
topics that can come up for schools, the race, uh, gender identity, uh, banned books, um, things like that, just some thoughts from you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, you obviously hear in the media and all that stuff that's blown out, so I feel like there's just catch-all words, but I think it's super important that families are involved in this. You know, ultimately, those topics are their family issues, you know, and I think parents need to have a say in that, and what a child is taught is a parent's, they should have an input on it, essentially. Um, you know, a school system is there to, you know, like she said, it's to help develop a kid, but it's um, to help teach them how to think, the critical thinking skills, you know, you just, uh, I think it's important to evaluate what's going to help them, prepare them for the workforce, for the life after school, whatever that looks like. Um, but when it comes to ideologies or different indoctrinations, I don't think that plays a role in, that's not the school's job, essentially, that's, that's a parent's role. Okay, great, some thoughts from you? Um, well, I mean, for starts, everything that is taught in the classroom is driven by standards, which are created by committees of multiple people um, who come together on a regular calendar basis to make those decisions. It's a, a highly vetted process, as we're all probably way more aware of than we used to be because of what happened with the social studies standards this last year. Um, and so I have faith in our educators that they are professionals and that they are, they are carrying out um, proper instructional practices in their classroom and making those decisions every day based on what those standards are. Um, similarly, the district has a process for reviewing curriculum and textbooks. All of that is available to the public. There's a review process that happens fairly regularly. Um, I, I honestly feel like these issues are uh, pretty much blown out of proportion um, because of, of attention that's happened with media and, and other things. Um, on the same token, I think it's also really important that our students learn how to be good citizens, and part of that is being able to interact with people who are different than themselves and um, being able to show, to be kind, and to respect different opinions and ways of seeing the world. And, um, you know, it's kind of hard to do that if you can't provide a space for students to talk about different issues. They're very aware about what's going on, and so there is a, there needs to be a balance, basically, I think. And so you can't learn how to relate to other people if you can't have an opportunity to learn about what their perspective is and their perspective may be very different than yours, and that's okay. Um, the other piece of this too, I think, though, is that, um, you know, if you don't, my experience is I have, a, I have a child who is gay, and she's also Micronesian, which means she's from the, an island in the Pacific, and she experiences racism, and she experiences homophobia, and that is something that isn't okay. And so the only way to make that not be part of her life every day is for, for kids to learn how to be nice to other kids and how to treat people who are different than themselves the same way they would want to be treated. And you can't teach kids that without talking about why they're doing what they're doing, right? Like being bullied because I wear a headband with like some stars on it or something is very different than if I get bullied because of the color of my skin or because I am gay, right? So there's, it's just, it's very complicated and I, I think people, everyone needs to take a big deep breath <laughs> um, because what I'm seeing happening, what I'm really concerned about with this is that it ends up becoming something where teachers are attacked 
and um, it becomes divisive in a community. And this actually just happened in, in the Lee Douglas School District, and they're still dealing with the fallout of that. And it's um, really unfortunate that decisions that are being made at a state level are then kind of forcing and pushing this into school districts when it wasn't an issue until that happened. Okay. And Joan, to you, uh, controversial topics, uh, some thoughts from you and, and, and handling those? Yes. So this is where um, I think community engagement, which is a, a priority of the, this Pierce School District, is very important. Um, community uh, members expect to be aware and be made aware of discussions around any curriculum changes or um, any changes in materials that are going to be available in the school or taught in the school. Um, and as previously mentioned, uh, the Pierce School District has a very comprehensive approach to reviewing a uh, new curriculum, uh, to making that curriculum available to the public, uh, to encourage people to come in and look at what's being taught. Um, so I, I feel really good about the process that, that is made available to the public. Um, I also think our leaders in the Pierce School District are good at communicating um, when there are challenges or um, things taking place in schools. Uh, I think there's very good communication among the um, administration and parents because oftentimes problems happen when people don't know or if there's misinformation that's spreading. Um, and I think another benefit of the Pierce School District is that we're small enough that people know each other and people know that their um, questions, their concerns uh, want to be heard. Uh, they know they can pick up the phone and call a board member. They know they can pick up the phone and call a school administrator. And uh, the answer may not be exactly what they, they wanted to hear, but they know that their concerns will be heard. And, and that's an environment that we need to continue to foster and um, continue to prioritize that community engagement. All right. Well, you've uh, answered a bunch of questions on a variety of topics thus far, so I'll give you each an opportunity, just for some, some final thoughts, closing thoughts, and, and Sandra, we'll start with you. Okay, thanks. Um, yeah, I just, I kind of like to reiterate what I said, you know, here's a strong community because it's strong families, strong academics, and strong athletics, you know, I'm eager to see how all these pillars, you know, continue to strengthen them and see them grow. Um, I was just thinking, I went to a, similar to what we just had here, a legislative forum last night with the candidates, and every single one of them, there's a question about the Pierce School District or, you know, the education, and they all had either graduated from Pierce School System or had kids or family in it at one point, and they all had nothing but praise this thing, very complimentary of it, so I'm, I'm proud to hear that, obviously glad to hear that in this community. Um, so I just want... You know, that's, that's what I want to care about. I, I want to continue to see that success and, you know, help, hopefully help guide it towards um, an even stronger future. So um, I'd appreciate your vote on June 7th. Great. Right. Some final thoughts from you? Yeah. Um, so just uh, some of the things that I'm um, equally passionate about are um, looking at how we leverage, continue to leverage those public-private partnerships and thinking about college and career readiness and how we, how we keep our youth here. Um, one of the things I'm really kind of um, thinking about is, you know, uh, making sure that we kind of stop the brain drain in South Dakota. 
Um, and how do we help? I mean, it's great to go and travel and move away and but hopefully come back. Um, I, you know, we, my family moved here. I moved to South Dakota in 2014, and um, I think there, it's it's a place that I choose to remain and live. And there's things that I, I really value about this place in terms of quality of life and opportunities for families, um, and and generally the affordability to live here. Um, and I think the school system is fantastic. Um, and uh, so I, I am just really excited to be able to um, help continue to strengthen what is happening here already in Pierre, and then also looking at how we can continue to make the district even better and, and, um, and supporting students in, in new ways that um, perhaps we haven't identified yet. Um, and uh, so thank you for your time today. All right. Joan, so just some final thoughts, closing comments from you? Yes. So um, I truly appreciated the opportunity that I've had to serve on the Pierce School District for these past years. Um, as I reflect on that time, I feel that we've made some definite improvements and, and movements in the right directions of the areas that I previously um, highlighted as priorities for me. Um, I hope to continue to serve the residents of this community and um, serve another three-year term on the Pierce School District Board of Education. So thank you. Right. And Jessica, you'll get the final word. You yeah. have some, some final thoughts, closing comments from you. Um, Pierce is a phenomenal town, it's a phenomenal community, and um, I, I can't say enough about the district on how great it's been. Um, we've been to other districts prior to moving to Pierce, and I think it says a lot that you still have teachers and families come back after they graduated and left. Um, a big saying in our house is, you're great right now, how can you be awesome? And I think the board right now is great and I wanna, I wanna help make it awesome, so. Nice. Well, thank you very much to our, our Pierce School District Board of Education candidates. Uh, you'll see all of their names on your June 7th Thank you all for being here today.